podcast has bad words. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Welcome to the Maximal episode. We're here with Ben Greenfield from... Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast and uh, and from the internet. Greetings. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're uh, we're talking about minimalist fitness today, and I wanted to start. This isn't directly tied, but we do this little segment called "More About Less," where we read a little bit about um, from an article, and then uh, we just just maunder on a bit until we uh, we 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 come up with something semi profound. Uh, this is from our friend Colin Wright, who is actually the guy who we discovered minimalism from. This is from his blog, Exile Lifestyle. And uh, Ben, we can talk about this together. Uh, this article is called Things. We tend to use things to fill perceived gaps in ourselves and in our lives. Feeling unhappy? Buy a thing. Feeling incompetent? Buy a thing. Feeling incomplete in some currently unnamed way? This thing will complete you. Buy one. We use acquisitions, new things, to introduce change into our lives. I'm not feeling great right now, but if I had that new doodad that looks so cool in the marketing materials, I'm not cooking yet, but what if I own that expensive gadget or high-end chef's knife? Surely that would cure my ails, right? Surely the lack of the thing is why I can't cut vegetables as quickly and evenly as they do on television. Isn't that crazy, man? It's like all of these, uh, just like, I don't know, get get fit quick things or become a good cook quick things. It's like we're always, and I think that's kind of the I'm human. I'm very guilty right now because I was shopping for a sous vide wand last night. <laughs> <laughs> but well, a sous vide wand though, that actually is, a, it's a style of cooking. It will make your food taste better i mean it, it, with certain you know yeah, with certain foods one all the time yeah That's, i mean my I, wife cooks with it is amazing many, many high-end restaurants are now using that as their primary method for making a good steak yeah. and and eggs even yes yeah. but yeah. but buying the you know 200 dollars chef's knife isn't going to make you a better chef it's it, it might enhance the Steak already awesome chic yeah yeah it might be the it might enhance the already good chef that you are but i think that's kind of human nature right like we're always looking for this easy way out. I mean, even, you know, going back to the biohacking thing, I'm not saying that's the easy way out, but we're looking for ways to kind of maximize our potential. Yes. For, for me in the health space, one, one of the most glaring examples of this I find is this, this increasing dependence upon things like plant-based medicines and your, your 38th ayahuasca trip to find yourself. <laughs> Those are things, right? These are exogenous substances that we put into our body to be able to, to have some kind of a breakthrough. And it, I, I realize this is a, a little bit of a, of a rabbit hole, but in my opinion, to simplify and to not be dependent upon all of these type of, of things in the way of chemical compounds, you must begin to train yourself to be able to endogenously produce your own experiences, mm -hmm. meaning you can't get to sleep. Well, before you go out and buy the app and the essential oil diffuser and the special sleep mask with the upgrade that makes the little flashing lights and the, the special socks that vibrate and the weighted blanket, mm -hmm. maybe just learn how to do some breath work that naturally calms you down before you go to Peru to find yourself with ayahuasca, maybe go on a night of camping and perhaps throw a bit of fasting into the mix. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you'll find in many cases a more stoic approach allows you to do things like dissolve your ego and find yourself and have mental breakthroughs and sleep better mm -hmm. versus relying on what seems to be increasingly common, especially in the health and fitness and nutrition industry, just all these smart drugs and nootropics and chemical compounds and psilocybin this and ayahuasca that. I have nothing against most of that stuff at all. I've, I've used all of it, but I think you first have to strip down to the basics and learn how to use your breath, 
learn how to fast, learn how to meditate. Totally agree. Your body endogenously creates a lot of these things itself. Totally agree. So I mean, one thing that stands out in this paragraph is uh, how people want to introduce change into their lives. And yes, like we, when we, when we get stuck, we feel like, you know, the, the more change we can make, then that's going to get us unstuck. So we sometimes look to products or we look to, you know, an ayahuasca experience, but, but to instill change in us, it doesn't have to be drastic. Absolutely not. Well, you used a a fascinating word there. And I think it's important to, to use that word to make a distinction. You said relying on those things because you being the human guinea pig yourself, you use a lot of things or test out a lot of things or try things that may enhance your experience of exercise or health or longevity. You use those things, but I I think separating that from relying on those things, I have to have X, Y, and Z. Otherwise I can't possibly be healthy. Yes. Just this morning, you know, I'm staying at my friend's house and he has a, uh, well, he has a, a Peloton bike and a Peloton treadmill and all these crazy exercise devices at his house. And, you know, it's just littered all over the place. And I, I walked into his little gym and it's almost like paralysis by analysis, right? Mm. Which thing do I use to move this morning? And I, I, I walked in there, stood there kind of rubbing my chin for about two minutes and, and realized exactly what was going on in my head. This, this, this confusion because of the number of things so that, that had cluttered up the physical activity environment. And I walked outside. I walked over to the corner of his block. And my workout was I ran around the block. I stopped and did 15 burpees. I ran around the block again. I just did that 10 times. I sprint around the block, 15 burpees. And it's a super simple, probably a better workout, more sunshine, more fresh air than I, than I would have gotten inside that little gym cluttered with things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes stripping things down just makes it so much more simplistic and honestly enjoyable too. You get in a more deep meditative state with, with an exercise session like that. Absolutely. We've got some questions here. We'll put a link to Colin's article in the Patreon show notes because I think it's a really good article that talks about things. You can apply it to fitness, but you can apply it to, wow, what what are the questions I actually need to ask myself? Why am I actually feeling unhealthy or incomplete? And it's not because you lack the equipment to be healthy. It, it has to do with, with, um, with looking inward and, and asking yourself some questions about, your habits or your diet or your uh, your exercise or your mindset and so uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes yeah i think ben you nailed it with the icing like when you think about a chef's knife a 200 dollars chef's knife that's the icing on the cake it's not just like many of these these biohacks right we live in an industry where people are buying all sorts of things to upgrade their body and upgrade their brain and and they really are icing on the cake meaning you know for for example I, I catch a lot of flack because I have these giant infrared light panels in my office and I stand naked in front of them when I'm working on my computer in the morning to blast my body with infrared light. I would have no business doing that if I weren't making a priority to also get out into the sunshine, mm. right? To yeah. go go get, get go get nature's light. And this infrared light, yeah, it helps me sleep and it increases testosterone, but that's the icing on the cake. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 it's not like that's the substitute and that, that, that's leaves me not needing to go out in the sunshine anymore. Well, also you're not relying on it right now. You're traveling you don't have to bring the big lights with you everywhere you go necessarily. I do have a little mini travel one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you, you would laugh at my evening routine as does my wife, because there is plenty of evidence that shows that infrared light when shown on the testicles of a man uh-huh. increases the mitochondrial activity of what are called late cells in the testes and it amplifies sperm production and testosterone and so my my evening routine i'm going through the harry potter series right now is i've got this little tiny travel infrared light and i tuck it between my balls flip it on and lay there and read harry potter in bed every night at about 9 30 so what's your, how long is that session how long i keep you? it on for about 20 minutes 20 minutes yeah okay. 20, 20 minutes i can get through two chapters of harry potter's i read two chapters a night and I, and i get my infrared light on my balls at the same time that's when i awesome. travel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's great that's great so uh ryan and i have both been having some pretty significant health issues uh recently ryan broke his back uh all well, five vertebrae while while uh snowboarding yes yeah, so all my lumbar just the transverse processes the bones that kind of hang off the side i broke all five of those on the on the left side and uh, so, so for someone who's having some serious back issues, what I tend to recommend is a Goscue therapy. I'm sure you're, yes, you've been familiar Gosco with it. Yes, is good. 
Dr. Eric Goodman has a program called uh, Core Foundation Training, which is wonderful for decompressing the spine. Uh, that and and you know on on uh, the other podcast episode that we were recording, we talked a little bit about you know moves that you weave in throughout the day to maintain fitness, and that's certainly one of the one of the things I do is I read his book, I memorize the exercises, and now I'll just put those in throughout the day, especially if I've been sitting a lot. So Dr. Eric Goodman for for decompressing the spine, uh, and then the the final form, if you were to to add one into a Gosku and true to form training, would be Eldoa. That's a, that's a form of self-inflicted deep, deep fascial stretching. Mm. You may have heard of traction before, which would be, say, hanging from an inversion table. That's, a, that's a, an example of traction or hanging from a pull-up bar you know, mm. to decompress your shoulders. Uh, this is a form of stretching. I had a guy come to my house. I recorded a podcast with him as well, but he spent two days just training me on how to do about a dozen different Eldoa stretches. They involve getting into a position where you got one arm up like this and another arm out to the side and one leg back behind you and you're just holding, pushing, pushing, pushing for 30 to 60 seconds. It's it's mildly exhausting. Very, very good way to decompress different joints, especially the back. And there are, they, they have an Eldoa for, for L1, L2 and an Eldoa for T11, T12. Wow. And so that's a very good one as well. Check it out. And then from, from a therapeutical standpoint, the one thing I found to be most effective for, for healing bones, for decreasing inflammation, for loosening muscles that are around joints, uh, for speeding up healing of injuries, uh, it originated in, in the racehorsing industry, uh, but it is, it's a giant table called a pulsed electromagnetic field table, P-E-M-F. Okay. I have one of these in my basement when my kid hurts his elbow doing jujitsu. You know, I'll I'll wrap a little coil that comes with the table around that. When I'm getting a massage, I'll lay on the table. If I've thrown out my back, I'll plug myself in a little pad that targets the back. So it's almost like having your own little doctor's office in your basement. Wow. These tables are expensive. But there are also many like facilities, like physical therapy facilities that just have them in the facility and go in and use them. A lot of these, uh, especially here in L.A., a lot of these biohacking you know, laboratories and facilities where they're just putting all these biohacks in, into a room, they a lot of times have this one. Uh, the company it, that makes the really powerful one is called Pulse Centers. Okay. Uh, and uh, it, it works amazingly. So I would do, you know, do, do the Gosku, look into Eldoa, Look into this true to form stretching, and then if you can get regular PEMF treatments, or even rent one of these units to mm-hmm. keep in your house, which they do, yeah. um, it, it that really moves the dial. I'll have to look yeah. look into that stuff. I know Agascu has, has helped Josh out a ton. I'm uh, they have an actual like Agascu facility here where like you go and they look at your posture, they look at your injuries, and then they kind of assign you specific exercises, yes. or Gosku exercises. Gosku yeah. is very good. It totally changed I'm, my life. I, I, I would get <clears throat> 10 out of 10 pain, you know, sciatica, pinch nerve, and I was two weeks from having surgery. And, you know, you go to a, a back surgeon and they try to cut you open, obviously, right? You can't blame them. That's that's what they do. That's how they make their money. Yep. Egoscu. <laughs> uh, there's a video for people who are listening to this podcast to our true minimalist. There's a five minute video on YouTube. It's like a five minute low back routine and you, you put your elbows beside your head and you do this one do it every and then, morning, and so. then, and then you do this one where you're kind of like running in place. And then the one where you put your elbows out to the side and go forwards and then back, but it only takes five minutes. That's my favorite one when I'm like waiting for an airplane to take off and I'm at the gate, it, it just opens up your entire back. Yeah. That one feels Ryan very sees me good. Do that every time yeah. we're traveling, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. in the airport. I love that routine, yeah. and it's free and simple. You go find it on YouTube. It takes five minutes to learn, and then you just have that in your back pocket. That's great. That's great. I'm, yeah, I actually yeah, we'll feel put a link to that as well. Yeah, I feel really fortunate, man, because um, for having this injury just a little over six weeks ago, like I like, like I said in the earlier uh, podcast, like I was able to get out and walk around for the first time for you know a few miles and and have very limited pain. I mean, I woke up this morning with a little bit, but. I think a little bit of pain is good for you, you know, as long as it's not excruciating. So yeah, it mixed with, uh, yeah, with this stuff. Like I, I feel, I feel pretty lucky. Poor Josh, man. I mean, at least I know what's wrong with me. 
and I know how to fix it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so I've been doing. Just get stem cells. That's the answer to everything. <laughs> yeah, stem cells. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, yeah, you you know a lot about that. I mean, you've you've. <laughs> I do, but it's almost annoying, like how much of a like a, a fallback that is now for a lot of these regenerative medicine physicians. It's just like stem cells. Yeah, it's like maybe maybe try a little rehab, do do some some movement protocols, some traction. You know, swing the kettlebell to to strengthen the the, the glutes and open up the hip flexors before you go spend 8,000 bucks on a, on, on stem a stem cells, cell injection. Yeah. They, they, they can be very efficacious in certain scenarios. For example, for low backs, there is a wonderful practitioner in San Jose who has a, a regenerative medicine facility there. One of the smartest doctors I know. I've had him on my podcast before. His name is Dr. Matthew Cook. And he does what's called nerve hydrodissection, where he'll go up and down the spine to the different vertebrae that, that are inflamed or where there's been discompression. He can do an any joint, you know, knee, elbow, whatever, but he specializes in the back. Mm. And he goes in with, with uh, ultrasound imaging, right, so you can see exactly where the needle is going and guide it with laser precision. And he, he goes in and he does what's called a nerve hydrodissection, which basically removes all the inflammation where the, the nerves are irritated near where the disc has slipped out or where the, where the compression has occurred. And then he injects that typically with some form of an anti-inflammatory. Mm. Uh, ozone is, is typically the most popular. Yeah. Uh, and then he follows that up with stem cells, which heals up the area after the ozone has gone in. Wow. That protocol works like gang. And that, that's one of the more you know spendier things that you can go and do. Right. But, but that dude is like, I, I send a lot of people to him who have disc issues or low back issues. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'll definitely try like the, uh, the simple things first. But yeah, certainly there are issues where like, that type of procedure would certainly help someone out. Yeah. So I, what about your gut, Millie? I didn't, uh, yeah, I, I was talking to Ben about this before we started recording, but you know, I, I carpet bombed my gut for 13 years with a antibiotic, uh, yeah. a supposedly benign antibiotic, yeah. uh, yes. as if there's such a, a thing. wasteland yeah. in the gut. Yeah. 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 Did you talk to him about the, uh, the carnivore diet at all that? Well, I, I didn't really do the carnivore diet. I did an extreme elimination diet. A lot of it was, was meat. It was sort of like, if you were to do a, Here's the best way you could probably describe it. A paleo autoimmune, low FODMAP specific carbohydrate diet. I thought thought this time last year you were doing the uh, nothing but meat. Uh, So last uh, July and uh, June, I did um, basically meat, greens, oils, and and coffee. Um, So I know coffee would actually probably not fit under a lot of that. But... um, I was doing one cup of coffee a day for those, and I fe- I never felt better doing an extreme elimination diet. So I've, I've yes. never done an actual like carnivore diet, which I know is is all the, the craze now. But um, yeah, a lot of my diet was was fat and meat, and then you know greens. Um, and and going through that, man, I didn't realize how just inflamed my body was because it that inflammation just was was gone. And I had a relatively healthy diet before. I mean, basically, I cut out. You know, some, some carbohydrates, you know, potatoes and rice and and the occasional sweet thing. But, not, I mean, my, my diet was pristine compared to 98% of the standard American diet, for sure. But, man, just removing those few things totally changed the way. Like I was waking up in the morning like, I didn't realize I used to have ankle pain. And now I just don't have it mm-hmm. anymore. Um However, we were in, I, I don't know exactly what's going on with my gut right now. It's, I mean, it's SIBO, SIFO. We, we, I did a colonoscopy this month. I did mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of stuff just to rule out the more sinister, you know, making sure I don't have colitis or yeah. cancer or yeah. anything like that. But going through it, I, um, man, I, I've, I've had for the last five months now, it has been um, just terrible, you know, diarrhea and, and I have gastritis and autoimmune issues and uh, I've been working with the folks at Nourish Balance Thrive to Good. to, to Good. work through that but the the antimicrobial stuff is is not working at this point um, yeah yeah the 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 SIBO uh, the small intestine bacterial overgrowth and in, in which typically bacteria have moved up from the large intestine and, and have populated the small intestine or you've been an antibiotic and you simply don't have enough good bacteria mm-hmm. in the small intestine so the bad bacteria are able to to take over and populate uh, that takes almost like this this multi-step approach mm-hmm. where you can't necessarily kill off the bad bacteria and at the same time attempt to repopulate the gut with good bacteria 
because whatever you're taking to kill off the bad bacteria, like these intense antimicrobials like oregano or, or thyme or berberine, they, they don't allow the good bacteria to flourish. Mm. So in many cases, you go on your antimicrobial regimen first. Mm-hmm. Right. So and then, last 90 days yeah. and then after that you repopulate the gut and in many cases hand in hand with the antimicrobial approach goes a diet that decreases the inflammation or allows the mucosal lining of the gut to heal and that that's uh, we were talking about this before the show uh, in most cases what's called an elemental diet very simple diet that often involves you know almost almost a, a boring approach to food what right. i what i tend to recommend to people is there's a meal replacement powder that has a lot of sulforaphane and curcumin and a lot of natural anti-inflammatories or what are called glutathione precursors in it made by a company called thorn and that one is called mediclear and kind of like the upgraded anti-inflammatory version of that is called mediclear sgs that's one that has like the, the broccoli extracts in it and things that really help to heal the gut they've got a chocolate flavor and a vanilla flavor and I've managed to make that taste pretty good. You, you you put it in the blender, and I like to mix it with a little bone broth, a little ice. You leave the blender on for a while so it gets very creamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to add a little bit of extra fat to it. it. It doesn't quite have enough fat, in my opinion, so I like an extra virgin olive oil. So put a couple tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil in there. Uh-huh. You blend that all up, and you can have something like that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And typically, they'll just keep doing that. And I'm, by the way, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical practitioner. This is, this is just personal experience. And, <laughs> uh, and typically, after about 10, maximum 30 days, the bloating, the indigestion starts to subside. In the in-between times between the meals, you do your antimicrobial. And then once you've come out of that diet, that's when you get back into a very very gentle, clean diet, you know, like a paleo autoimmune or something like that. And at the same time, you repopulate the gut. That's when you start your probiotic regimens and your good ferments like, you know, like a a sauerkraut or kimchi or like a goat kefir or even these supplements that will help to heal the lining of the gut like colostrum and glutamine and some of these other compounds. And then eventually, ideally, you know, you come full circle, just like the carnivore diet is an elimination diet, not meant to be consumed for your entire life, preferably after eight to 12 weeks, you begin to expand your diet. You begin to introduce new foods, you know, more greens and more plants, even though plants have a natural built-in defense mechanism and they can be kind of aggravating to the gut. If you're dealing with gut issues, you should have it a goal to get to the point where you can eat microgreens and sprouts and a kale salad and, and, you know, maybe some dairy, like some good raw or fermented dairy. And and you begin to introduce more foods, but yeah, initially you do an elemental diet with something like Thorn Mediclear. You combine that with the antimicrobials. Once you've finished up that and the bloating and the gas has subsided, then you move into a probiotic regimen, begin to introduce more foods, you know, like a paleo autoimmune type of profile. And then, then you get to the point where you can order a Domino's. So, <laughs> so eventually, or not. Domino's. Yeah. 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 He picks the worst pizza out of yeah. it. Actually, it is kind of funny because I was at dinner two nights ago. I hate to talk about medical issues at dinner because so many of them come back to food. Mm, and right. so often it is the case that when you are at dinner, there there are offending foods on the table that <laughs> right. that are causing the exact issue that you're talking. So I was sitting there with this gal who was talking about all these nerve issues that he she she was having that were related to autoimmunity, right? That they were related mm-hmm. to almost like a like a rheumatoid arthritic type of condition that was also aggravating the nerves. And as we're talking, she's putting sour cream on her potatoes and she's eating this this pizza. I'll be eat gluten free pizza, but it's got it's got the cheese on it mm-hmm. and and probably a little bit of vegetable oil. And it's it was so hard for me not to say, well, you're technically face stuffing into your gaping maw right now <laughs> as we're talking all the things that are aggravating your nerves. Yeah. Uh, instead, I just told her I was like, well, look look into look at look into an autoimmune diet. Mm-hmm. You know, check out some yeah. of the foods you might want to eliminate. But I never like to guilt trip people while they're actually eating the exact foods that are causing the issue. <laughs> it's probably a good idea not yeah. to ruin it. Yeah, it yeah. Make, makes dinner very awkward. My uh, my partner, Mariah, she's got a lot of gut issues too, and uh, very similar to what, not as bad as what Josh is going through, but kind of similar. I'm going to have to like re-listen to that protocol you just laid out with the the thorn. I can't even repeat what you yeah, said. Yeah, thorn, thorn <clears throat> Mediclear. They've got a chocolate and vanilla. Um, I actually, I like that particular uh, meal replacement powder so much 
that when I'm doing my morning smoothie, that's typically what I use is, is the Thorn Mediclear. Mm. Um, it, it's got like pea protein and rice protein, a lot of things in it. And I, I also like to add a little stevia to bring out the flavor even more. And again, I'll blend, I'll blend it. I, 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 I go ape nuts on the stevia. I do like a couple, <laughs> couple dropper falls. Oh, wow. Yeah. I use, I use this, uh, really tasty form of stevia made by, uh, Omica organics. It's butterscotch toffee flavored, man. Put it's that in the show notes. So oh, I I, I'm seriously going to go so back good. and reference this episode. Oh, it's so good. So with these meal replacements, are you eating in between these? Or are you literally no. doing these smoothies no, no, no. for breakfast, it's, lunch, it's a, it's a and li- dinner? It's a liquid breakfast, diet for, two weeks to three weeks typically yeah. wow um but but coming from bodybuilding when i used to just like suck down you know abb whey protein bodybuilding shakes breakfast lunch and dinner and some cans of tuna and some chicken and rice like yeah, six pounds i can i can eat the same thing breakfast lunch and dinner year round if i have to <laughs> like, like for me i i can get it yeah. but but i honestly when i blend it all up like that and and put the stevia in a little bit of bone broth mm. and it gets that nice creamy texture it's like having ice cream for all your meals that's so let me ask yeah. you man i uh when mariah when she goes on these diets i tech I, I typically will go on the same diet with her just to support her and like you know eating a donut in front of her is like the mm-hmm. last thing i want to do and, and so she if, did the dr walsh protocol recently she did yeah yeah the dr walsh which is like mung beans and uh yeah dr stuff walsh like is uh, he has a 10-day liver cleanse that's very good mm. i tend to recommend because i i do a quarterly cleanse you know there's this physician named dr walter longo mm-hmm. who wrote a book called the longevity diet He's yeah. done a lot of research on fasting, and one of the things that he's found in his research is that what's called an FMD, a fasting-mimicking diet, performed mm. four times a year, in which you decrease the number of calories that you eat to about 40% of what you'd normally eat. And it's typically a very clean diet for about five days. And he you know, he was smart. He partnered with a company called El Nutra, and they developed this te- this meal kit called a Prolon kit that they send to your house. You know, It's packaged foods, and you open oh, wow. day one on day one and day two on day two. But what I like to do instead is a five-day what's called a liver cleanse program and it involves very similar to dr brian walsh's protocol and he's, he's a very smart practitioner uh the ayurvedic cleansing stew kitchery mm-hmm. which is like split mung bean and basmati yeah. rice I've and cumin and coriander yeah. and then you drink a little celery juice with fats mm-hmm. uh you, you you do toss in like a coffee enema or two and i like <laughs> i like to to uh i make a coconut yogurt there's another very smart guy named Dr. William Davis. He wrote a book called Undoctored. Okay. And he has a recipe for this coconut yogurt. As a matter of fact, my, my kids have a cooking podcast, and we first prepared this yogurt for their cooking podcast. Oh, What's it called? You, uh, it's called Go Greenfields. Okay. And they do restaurant reviews and plant foraging. And you know they, they, they have one fantastic episode. It's all about how to make healthy donuts. And they have these wonderful oh. baked donuts made with colostrum totally and cacao. I'm totally going to check out this podcast. And, oh, it's, <laughs> and they're short. They're like eight to ten minutes long. So it's just boom, boom, boom. Here's how Great. you make it. Uh, anyways, though, so the the Dr. William Davis's yogurt, you order these probiotic capsules. You get them on Amazon. They're called El Rutari, but the probiotic count in them is very, very low compared to the billions that you could get mm-hmm. if you were to ferment. So you get yourself some coconut milk. You dump the coconut milk into, you know, just like a, a stainless steel bowl. You add the the Rutari capsules, and usually you can use like a, a mortar and pestle to kind of ground them into a powder. Mm-hmm. You add a little bit of acacia fiber so it can ferment, usually like a teaspoon of sugar so the bacteria has something to, to feed on. And then you just leave that out in anything that's about 90 to 100 degrees. Like you can put it in the oven, you can put it in a food dehydrator that you can keep at 100 degrees, and you let that sit for about 24 hours. And it makes mm-hmm. this wonderful gut nourishing bacteria that, and it does things like increases your, your oxytocin production. So you mm. feel very good, stabilizes the hormones. Wonderful yogurt. I, you know, I make a batch of it every few weeks. But when I do this five-day cleanse, I put a little dollop of that yogurt on top of the stew. And I basically do that and then celery juice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner five days at the beginning of each season. And that works very, very well for me to kind of reboot the body and tap into some of these longevity benefits that Dr. Longo talks about. Uh, the the guy who came up with this particular cleanse is named Dr. John Duyard. Uh, he wrote a book called Mind Body Sport. He's an Ayurvedic medical practitioner based out of Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and the reason I like it too is because if there's one kind of weak spot in, in my own uh, gut biology, mm -hmm. it's my liver and my gallbladder. So this sparks the, the liver detoxification process. It sparks bile to be released by the gallbladder. When you combine it, a lot of people think this is uncomfortable, but when you combine it with a coffee enema, you get even more of the, the bile released by the gallbladder, and that kind of cleans you out from the other end. I have yet to do the coffee enema. But I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not opposed to it. I just honestly, what what makes me worried about doing the coffee enema is I don't have the equipment to do it, and it stresses me out thinking about like what I don't even know what to buy. You just get clean as a whistle. You go. You go to Amazon. Yeah. You buy the stainless steel enema kit, so you're not shoving plastics oh, up your backside. Okay. That's it. And then you make yourself like a wonderful. What, what's your guys' brand of coffee? It's Bandit. Bandit. Yeah. So you make yourself a wonderful, uh, you know cup of bandit coffee mm -hmm. and usually I, I i use about like a good 30 40 ounces of coffee like a decent amount okay and then you just follow the kit instructions and you lay there on the bathroom floor or reading a good book or whatever and you know after 20 minutes goes by you stand up and you go to the bathroom and you just feel clean as a freaking whistle i'm gonna for, try i'll let you know how it so so yeah. for someone like me who like i could eat a bucket of nails and be fine man i just like i have a pretty good gut going on if i go on this two to three week liquid cleansing diet that you're recommending for someone like josh would it harm could it harm me or is well, i mean it, it, you you might lose a little muscle okay. you know have have difficulty taking on as many calories as you want for the negative it's not going to negatively no affect it's any it's not going to negatively affect you unless okay. you have some glaring protein deficit or vitamin deficit that that's not covering gotcha. and i even have some athletes who will do something like that and they'll throw in amino acids like they'll add like 20 to 40 grams of amino acids or collagen in. Mm. So they're getting more protein than what the Thorn MediClear would give. Yeah. I typically do, uh, like when I do Bulletproof coffee, I'll, I'll add some collagen, a couple of scoops of collagen mm -hmm. in with the Bulletproof. So yeah. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's dive into some of these questions here. We have a question from, these are surprise questions. Jess in the UK. As a student, I am forever mindful of my budget, and due to some recent health issues, I have been making an effort to fuel my mind and body with healthier food. However, buying items such as fresh fruit and leaner meat isn't cheap, so how can I use minimalism to buy healthy groceries whilst keeping in mind my low budget? Ben, the thing that, that stands out to me is the, the long-term cost of not having a, a healthy diet, that's right? One, that's one way to think about it. You know, you add up your... your your health costs farther down the road, but eating good, nutritious, healthy food affordably is not, it's not hard to do, but there is an intellectual and educational barrier to overcome. Meaning in many cases you need to learn, for example, how to grow the most nutritious vegetables on the face of the planet, sprouts and microgreens. That one, once you learn it, it's like it's as easy as brushing your teeth, and you can do it anywhere. You know, on, on your on your patio, in your kitchen window, doesn't matter. But you have to take the initial you know couple of hours and YouTube in your kitchen and learn how to do that. Then once you know it, that's a skill set that you have for life. Mm. You need to learn the section of the grocery store, the aisle that has things like canned sardines and anchovies and mackerels and all these wonderfully affordable but very nutrient dense food from the ocean that that's incredible for dha it's very calorie dense it's very satiating for the appetite you need to learn how to how to navigate through the produce section and identify the things that are are the dark or the calorie dense or the nutrient dense foods like your pomegranates and your avocados and your purple cabbage and your organic blueberries mm. and these things that that are very calorically dense and or nutrient dense but that really don't break the bank like for me I travel a ton. I'm on the road for two to three weeks out of every month, and I just have my shopping list. When I drop into any city, when my Uber's on the way to the hotel, uh, they they pull into Whole Foods, and I run in there. I get my avocados, my sardines, my 100% dark chocolates, my little seaweed wraps. I'll get a, a few different vegetables, a, a little bit of berries, some seeds, some nuts. I always call before to the hotel and make sure they've put a mini fridge in my room, which most hotels will do if they don't already have a mini fridge mm -hmm. i get really good water you know and you can get you know decent you know local spring water from just about any grocery store like a good whole foods you bring that all back and you just feed on that for the whole week that you're that you're traveling for example and and yeah 
that's still slightly more expensive than going to Safeway or Rosars or Albertsons and getting the 2% milk and the box of cereal. Mm-hmm. But it's not significantly expensive once once you you figure it out how to how to stare straight ahead like a horse with blinders and pass by the spirulina superfood crunchies that cost six bucks for a bag. And like you hunt down the stuff, like, I mean, avocados and sardines and, and like a a bag of of raw almonds is not that expensive. And then if you're at home in your own environment, I mean, we don't go to the grocery store that much. We have a few chickens, which are dirt cheap. And again, we had to learn how to keep the chickens alive. Then once we did, now we have eggs for life, dirt cheap, yeah. right? We grow sprouts and microgreens, dirt cheap. I've got even like a little grow light down in my office. And, uh, you know, right now I'm growing these little berries called Splenanthes berries down there. And they're, they're wonderful. It's like this antibacterial berry. They've got this, you know, it's like brushing your teeth when you eat one. But yeah, it took me probably an hour reading YouTube, going to Amazon, ordering the seeds, getting the potter, putting the dirt in it, putting the seeds in there, watering them and then you know with, within a month uh, you know they're they're growing like wildfire in the in the house so. i love how you didn't jump to like oh no you can go to a farmer's market and get organic vegetables because because that's what i hear a lot of and, and that's kind of i think where a lot of people's minds are they think to eat healthy i mean automatically like eating organic is the way to eat healthy and yes if like you're looking at just buying a bunch of organic produce grass-fed beef grass-fed grass-fed everything like that is it's going to be expensive but there are these these uh ways you can eat healthy that are you know pretty cheap yeah there and and a big part of it too is people don't want to hear grow your own food right that you know it's very similar to how people in many cases don't want to hear Jordan Peterson say, pick up your, pick up your, your, your load and carry it up the hill, you know, and, and do the hard work in life. I mean, spend whatever, six months of your life learning how to grow your own food, Mm -hmm. get a couple of these little vertical towers that you can put on your patio, get a few potting plants, buy a couple of chickens, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and when you put in that work initially, yeah, it sucks and and it's different and your neighbors might laugh at you because you're trying to figure out how to, how to whatever compost in your backyard. But I have watched my wife go from literally like, like, you know, dum dum lollipops and pizza when we first got married, mm. you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> and she has transformed herself into what I consider to be one of the the world's leading experts on growing your own food wow. and raising chickens. And, and she's got Nigerian dwarf goats now, and, and she makes just about all our food. But I watched her go through the whole process of learning how to educate herself on that. But she's, she's 37. She's, she's got the next, whatever, 40, 50 years of her life where she would never need to go into the grocery store again if she didn't want to. But she had to put in that work initially. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. They want to hear what's the cheap website I can go to where I can get the organic blueberries for half the price. Not here's the vertical gardening outfit that you can invest 400 bucks in now to feed you for the rest of your life on organic blueberries from your patio. Yeah, that's great advice. I'm embarrassed to admit, but like there was a certain point in my life where you know, the budget was tight and like I had to really just crunch as much as I could with, with, uh, my food, my food part of the budget. And dude, I kid you not. Like there was a certain point where I was just like, Oh, if I spend five bucks a day, I can get five double cheeseburgers from McDonald's <laughs> and I could just like live off of cheeseburgers. Now, obviously that, that lasted for only so long, but, but yeah, I mean, it is very, uh, very cheap to eat unhealthy i mean that's that's for sure and a big part of that we get into the politics of of government subsidization of 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 grains for example and 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 cafo feedlots and all these things that are being done in society to make cheap food or or to make unhealthy food cheap uh but yeah i mean same way i I grew up on 29 cent hamburger 39 cent cheeseburger day at mcdonald's my mom would go buy the bags of that and that's what we'd feed on for the week yeah and eventually it catches up to you and And, and when you're young, you don't realize like this is going to catch up to me, whether it's diabetes or uh, emergency room visits, healthcare yeah. costs, they're going to be through the roof eventually. You might, you that's the biggest one. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm dealing I with mean, right now. I missed I, work today and 10 other days of, of the past six months because of gut issues brought mm-hmm. on by 10 years of unhealthy eating. I mean, like, you know, that that's what really catches up to people is the gut thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm experiencing that now. I've, I've been really healthy since about age 27, but the first 27 years of my life were, were spent um, treating my body poorly. You know, I was, I was morbidly obese. And um, believe it or not, like we were the two fattest kids in like the fifth grade. <laughs> And he was fatter than me, believe it or not. Which, which is funny looking at him now. He's like so skinny, but but yeah, we were uh, we when I first moved to Lebanon, Ohio, 
um, I moved in the middle of the school year. And I remember walking into the classroom that first day and I saw someone in the classroom that was fatter than me. And I was like, oh man, we're going to... We're going to be friends. So we like bonded over cheese fries and cheeseburgers and any other cheese related products that, uh, <laughs> that we could get our hands on. It wasn't raw yeah. cheese either. No. Yeah, I assure oh, you. I, got, I, had a, I, I own a supplements company and we had a team meeting two weeks ago where we just made a huge list of the comfort foods that we wish were healthy. Like what if you had healthy potato chips, healthy Pop-Tarts, yeah. uh, healthy like the cheese whiz on the chicken biscuit crackers, oh. healthy Kraft macaroni and cheese, <laughs> healthy top ramen, uh, healthy like chocolate peanut butter, just, just all these things, you know, cereal, especially like peanut butter captain crunch what if that could be healthy oh, and cocoa yeah. puffs and fruit loops and we came up with this whole list and now I'll, I'll sit down with my coo and we're going to actually figure out okay which of these foods are the lowest hanging fruit that we can begin to produce and make healthy versions of that actually hit those same dopamine receptors you know the comfort food that we're all craving that we all grew up on mm. that we know is unhealthy for us there's there are ways to make it taste similar and still be good for you yeah that's, that's awesome man i look forward to seeing that stuff yeah that's great Let's dive into another question here. This one's from Beth in Denver. I'm 23 years old, and I've been struggling with eating disorders since I was 13 years old. I just finished an inpatient program for my specific eating disorder, which is binge eating disorder. If you guys don't know what that is, it's basically yo-yo dieting at its most extreme. My disordered mind has always viewed exercise in terms of caloric count or how many calories I could burn in the least amount of time. And because of that, my relationship with fitness is, for lack of a better word, compromised. How would you suggest I mend my broken relationship with fitness? So Ben, the, these two things aren't always thought of as, as uh, you know, a, a, I mean, we're talking maybe about a body dysmorphia thing, which I know that I've, I've gone through per personally. And so the, the binge eating and then um, what, what that could result into binge starvation as well. She said, you, the yo-yo diet. So you go through periods that that's what happened to me where uh, I lost a bunch of weight un in a very unhealthy way where I would I was really fat, and so I just pretty much stopped eating. You don't get the nutrients you need, so I was sick all the time, and, and I just didn't feel very good. But um, I also wasn't really exercising as well, so I was doing. Too, I was malnourished before when I was obese. I was malnourished when I stopped when I lost the weight, and then on top of that, I wasn't exercising. So, um, do you think that maybe repairing her relationship with with health is is maybe more comprehensive than just repairing her relationship with fitness i think repairing her relationship with pleasure mm. is is where the focus should lie mm. it is so easy for us to get on this train of eating to exercise exercising to eat getting the majority of, of our dopamine release or our pleasurable neurotransmitters and chemicals via either beating ourselves up with an exercise session or looking at ourselves in the mirror after we've got our muscle pump on or eating that whatever dark chocolates or, you know, raw cake or the $20, you know, item we found at Erwan or, or whatever, cause it all tastes good. And then we feel guilty and we want to go exercise cause we ate that tasty thing. Then we come back and we got the big platter of food in front of us and we eat all of that and we feel guilty. And, you know, sometimes you turn to turn to purging. And so mm. the problem is that if food and movement are the two primary cues for you to receive pleasure, it can be very difficult to get off that bandwagon. Yeah. If there are other things that bring you pleasure in life, and I've found for me, you know, as like an, an you know, Ironman triathlon, you, which I did for 10 years, all you're doing is eating and exercising. And when you stop eating and exercising, there's this enormous void in your life. You have to fill that with things that bring human beings pleasure that you have to learn to tap into. What are some of those things for me? Music was a biggie. 
not only learning how to how to listen to and appreciate music and concerts, but also learn how to play music, how to write music, you know, get a harmonica, get a guitar, get a ukulele, learn the piano, watercolor painting or oil painting, creating art is another form you write of, now. of, yes, exactly. Can I, talk I a write fiction about, about that experience. What yeah. is that something that you were like, Oh, I've got this yeah. void and I want to, I want to start filling it with something uh, yeah. creatively meaningful. Yes. Uh, I'll get to that momentarily R- writing fiction or reading fiction absolutely uh you know nature therapy being in sunshine you know just very simple passive forms of exercise like like walking or hiking or paddle boarding or, or anything that doesn't involve just like crushing the treadmill at the gym there are a lot of things uh you know for for my wife it's gardening it's it's tennis it's painting um for some people it might be developing a healthier relationship with food by taking a cooking class or maybe a you know a, a wine tasting course or you know learning how to make sourdough bread but there are all these all these didactic pleasures you can engage in that allow you to be a more complete human and that satisfy that dopamine urge that you've only learned to satisfy through exercise and eating and once you open yourself up to learning new skills to discovering new hobbies a lot of times you scratch that itch and your body learns how to produce pleasurable chemicals in the presence of things other than food and movement now to return to your question about fiction one of the things that I asked myself when you know when I began to become slightly disillusioned with with just exercising all day long was you know what what's my purpose in life what brings me passion what brings me pleasure I don't necessarily think you, you have to live you know your your entire life based on satisfying your own passions and pleasures I I think that sometimes people hear that too often like live, live your, your live your passion you know and, and I think it was Buckminster Fuller who said you know don't 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 ask yourself what your passion is, and so ask instead ask yourself what God wants you to do, mm. right? And so so there, you know, we some of us have a purpose in life that might not exactly scratch that passion itch, but That's that might point. be a discussion for another day. Uh, back to back to me though, what what I asked myself was what did I what did I really like to do when I was a little kid? You know, typically it's before the age of somewhere between about eight and ten. Right. What what'd you love to do when you were a kid, and what do you do now that makes time absolutely disappear? Mm. Right, that puts you into the zone, that mm. causes that release of alpha brain waves. You know what we call flow. And for me, as a kid, I absolutely loved music. I loved to listen to music. I loved to play music. I loved to sing. I also loved to read fiction, and I loved to write fiction. And now two of the biggest things that take me away from work, take me away from eating, take me away from exercise are strumming on my guitar or my ukulele, writing fiction, or at this point, reading Harry Potter or any other. I like to read fiction that my boys, my, I have twin 10-year-old boys that they're reading at the same time. So we have something to talk about. Yeah. You know, so we can talk about Voldemort at the, at the dinner table. <laughs> but ultimately, if you can think about what you like to do when you were a kid, what makes time absolutely disappear for you, and that, and, and that can't include at this point, preferably, uh, what, what was her name again? Uh, for, yeah, that, that shouldn't include for Beth eating and exercise. Mm-hmm. Like those, those should be tabled. Maybe you did like to do those when you were a kid, and maybe those do make time pass by for you. But let's table those for now and, and choose, choose some other skills. You do that, and you begin to get these things that cause that built-in dopamine release that you are almost hardwired to experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Manson, uh, the author of, of uh, what's what's the book? How not to to give an F? Uh, you, you guys know the guy I'm talking subtle about. Subtle art of not giving. A yeah, fuck. the subtle art of not the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Um, he he couches it in even more simplistic terms. He says, "Do the things that make you forget to eat and poop." <laughs> and, and I like I like that approach as well. Yeah. No, I, I agree I with you. It. So I, this whole journey with the minimalist and everything started because I, I wrote fiction throughout my 20s. And um, the, it was the one thing that where you looked up at the clock and it was just, wow, I can't believe that much time passed. Like you, It's a time warp of sorts when, when it's going really well. Also, there are times where you want to put your head through a wall. I'm sure you experienced that where it's just not going well. You don't hit that flow of state. There's drudgery involved. But as with anything meaningful, all these things you're talking about that are separate from fitness and, and diet, you're, you're talking about what do I find meaningful? What does it mean for me to live a more meaningful life? And part of that is creativity, whether it's strumming on a guitar, making music. We've had a lot of musicians on, on our podcast. And and the thing that, that I realize with a lot of them is 
this is the thing that puts them into that alpha brainwave state, that flow state, that it's their happy place, right? Yeah. Art and painting is another one. Like I, I see music, some sort of creative outlet, like like fiction, for example, and then painting or art as three of the top things that seem to work really well for a lot of people. And what I loved about what you just talked about is I, we often think about, especially with, with either eating disorders, body uh, disorders, we often say, well, the, the key is diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is, of course, that's a component of it. But maybe the problem is we're too focused in, in these scenarios on the diet and exercise. And we need something else to focus on. Yeah. Our next question is from Kirsten in Maryland. I keep trying fitness apps to help me in the gym, but end up feeling overwhelmed and never going at all. How can I simplify going to the gym to maximize my overall fitness level? So let's say someone does want to go to the gym and, and they don't just want to do the body weight exercises. They don't, they don't want to have just the kettlebell at home. Uh, Kirsten wants to, to simplify her routine so that, uh, well, so that going yep. to the gym is like, yep. what, fun. I, I, especially when I travel, absolutely, and I alluded to this earlier, uh, detest the decision-making fatigue that occurs, especially when you walk into a nice gym with the vibe plate and the BOSU ball mm. and the, the, you know, 10 different as seen on TV exercise devices mm. and the Jacob's ladder and the rowing machine and the elliptical trainer and the other elliptical trainer that's got the, the arms on it and the curved treadmill and the incline treadmill. I mean, there's just so many options. It's like a circus. Uh, there are probably the two best pieces of advice I could give would be one related to strength and one related to cardio. Because most of the time when you go to the gym, you do an exercise session, you're, you're, you're trying to, to build strength slash build muscle slash maintain muscle or burn fat slash improve your cardiovascular performance. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's very simple. And then this is, very, you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a kind of a mass gain protocol right now. I'm trying to put on some muscle. So for, for the former, for strength, five by five workout protocol very very simple you go in and and you just it all it takes is free weights and and a barbell right Mm -hmm. you do chest press pull down or pull up shoulder press seated row and squat or deadlift Mm -hmm. just just those exercises five sets of five reps each i even go through them as a circuit because i don't like to sit still at the gym so i'll do my five bench press then i'll go do my five squat then i'll do my five deadlift then my five pull up then my five shoulder press and wow. go back around to the beginning do that five times through mm. boom done Man, that's that, it i don't have to worry about any other funky exercise that sounds like way less than an hour spent in the gym too exactly yeah. exactly and then for the cardiovascular component very very simple there's there's research on this form of training called tabata training t-a-b-a-t-a it simulates steady state cardio of like 30 to 40 minutes on a treadmill in just four minutes and you can use this as the warm-up or the cool down hard? yep 20 seconds hard as hard as you can go 10 seconds easy for four minutes. You do this on like a, an Airdyne bike or a treadmill or just do it with burpees or whatever. That's the most efficient way to train cardio. In my opinion, doing a five by five is the most efficient way to train strength. You can just forget everything else and go with those if your ultimate goal is just to get in, get out, hit as many things as possible. And you can combine these. Let's say you're going to go go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, do your five by five protocol your finisher is a Tabata set, boom, you're done, walk out. Wow. Yeah. It That's sounds great. to me like you could probably do that within half hour to 45 minutes. Yeah, and yeah, by, by the time you showered and made it to the gym, you might you might have an hour of investment there. Right. But, but man, I mean, it's just simple and it works. And the way that That's I do awesome. things is I've, right now I'm doing the five by five, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I'm doing some form of high-intensity cardio. What about, for, Ke- what about for Kirsten? Like when I think about how... I get enjoyment out of exercising. I find activities that I really like to do, like surfing, for example. It's a lot of lot of exercise, swimming, balance. Um, it's it's a, an activity I really like to do. Uh, we joined a dodgeball league last summer. That was a lot of fun. I mean, it's probably more cardio than like strength at all. Um, mountain biking. Uh, I mean, I, I guess is that is that maybe a hack for Kirsten where maybe she could find some activities that she 
you know, forgets to, to, what did we say? Forgets to eat and poop. Is that what you <laughs> do? The things that make you forget to eat and poop. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, you, you, you cannot neglect the importance of, of sporting. I mean, for me, typically what I do is I save my, my, my sporting, so to speak for the afternoon or the early evening, you know, where I'm getting out and, and playing a little tennis or tossing the paddleboard in the river or for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I'm getting that ultimate combination of still being able to fitness, right. Still being able to, to build muscle and then also being able to scratch that itch of just now natural physical activity outdoors so i like to do both yeah well finally we have we have one more question here from tom on twitter he says uh does all the health hacking stress been out does he ever hate his life because he has too much going on <laughs> ben, you seem like a pretty happy guy I, man <laughs> I, I am very happy i can tell you if we're going to get all negative nancy about the most annoying part of my life and this would shock a lot of people because most people think this would be like christmas morning every day when I when I come home from a week of travel and I walk in, we have this enormous, beautiful oak dining room table that's like 15 feet long. And it's this amazing dinner table where we can have people over and have wonderful conversation. And it's just piled to the ceiling with boxes and boxes mm-hmm. and boxes of supplements and protein powders and the books I'm supposed oh. to read and the new biohacks I'm supposed to learn, these test kits for your urine and your stool and your saliva and your blood. And I walk in and it's like you don't even know where to start. It's yeah. a, it's exhausting, and it, it's it's almost as though being in the position of a of being a blogger, or a podcast, or an author, you almost paint yourself into a corner of just having too many things around. Right. So that's that's really the most annoying part is when I don't get to choose what I'm going to try. I don't get to research it first. Mm-hmm. It just kind of shows up at my house. And cognitively, as a human, it's very difficult to just look at something and toss it in the trash or leave the box unopened. It, you know, you're yeah. kind of like, oh, what's inside this one from you know XYZ Health and Fitness Company? And you open it up. It looks kind of interesting. Before you know it, you've lost 15 minutes of your life reading the little brochure that came along with it, maybe trying to put the batteries in. Yeah. So that that's the part that exhausts me are are the things that are pushed to me rather than the things that I pull to myself. And I realize that, that part of that is is my prerogative to not make sure that my address is readily accessible to people or that mm-hmm. I don't say yes when someone pings me on Twitter and asks if I want to try their new whatever bone broth powder with the CBD in it mm-hmm. you know and and yeah so so that's the tricky part is trying to weave weave my way through the exhausting list of things that might be good for you and that people rely on me to do the research on and bring them knowledge about and at the same time not exhaust myself or not get any actual deep work done because I'm experimenting with so many freaking things that have randomly showed up on my doorstep. Yeah, I mean, there is a difference between, you know, having to and getting to. And I could see where, yeah, having too much of the have-tos can can be a little bit of a, a negative well, how do you balance the things that you pull into your life? You, you talked about the things that are pushed on you versus the things yeah. that you pull in because even the things you pull in, for someone like me, I would be so stressed out. Um, I, I really admire someone like you who, I think about our friend Colin who we just read his article. He's a lot like you in the sense that he's very curious. Uh, for the longest time, he moved to a new country every four months and he didn't even get to pick the country. It was based on uh, where his readers of his blog, they voted whatever country he was gonna go to. And I admire that, but that lifestyle for me would be so overwhelming that, um, I feel like I would just throw my hands up. And and so I think what, what this, this guy from Twitter is, is asking here is like, he's so, sort of projecting in a way, the same way that, that I would, where I would be like, hey, uh, if I did everything that Ben does, I would freaking hate my life. <laughs> um, how do you find that balance so that you don't hate it? That you pull in the appropriate things and let go of the things that are no longer appropriate? Something really has to move the dial for me to adopt it as a habit. I mean, and I do a lot of self-quantification. You know, I do blood tests and I track my sleep and my, my heart rate variability and my stress levels and all this stuff. And if something makes a significant impact, it's a keeper. And I usually try and figure out a way to weave that into my life in a manner in which I can still be productive, like shining the laser lights on my balls while I'm reading Harry Potter in bed <laughs> at night. I'm buying this ball or, laser light thing, man. <laughs> yeah, or, or doing my, you know, my three Eldoa stretches while I'm also in my sauna, while I'm also listening to that audiobook that I want to listen to, maybe while I've also got some form of, of light therapy, you know, shining on my body and some brand new muscle healing cream that someone sent to me slathered on my knee. Like, you get to the point where you just combine a lot of things together and it, it, it actually can 
be kind of fun when you figure out how to time hack some of this stuff. Uh, and then anything that doesn't move the dial just gets it gets ditched pretty pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And for me, that just comes down to self quantification. Quick glance at my my aura ring data when I wake up in the morning, um, and and you know looking at my sleep, my heart rate, etc. Quick glance at my blood work when it comes in to see if anything has gotten way out of whack and. You know, part of it is, you know, this is the world I live in. I'm a complete dummy when it comes to the blockchain and politics and pop culture. But when it comes to health and fitness, it's the language that I speak. And so I get through this stuff pretty quickly. Yeah, and you're, you're immersed in that world. Like you said, there are a lot of things that you're ignorant to because you're intentionally ignorant to you. I, I don't want to I don't want to figure out what's going on in politics today or what's the breaking news on CNN. It's like Sherlock Holmes. What's your name? <laughs> well, allow me to forget that right away so it doesn't clutter up my head with the stuff that I truly find important. <laughs> so I'm going to forget your guys' names as soon as I walk out of here <laughs> so that I can go learn about whatever the best squat exercise. Well, Ben, I'm grateful you decided to take some time to spend with us today. If folks want to learn more about you, I really encourage them to check out your podcast. They can find it and all your social media and everything else at bengreenfieldfitness.com. And is there anything you want to leave folks with today? No, it was a pleasure to hang with you guys. I'm, I'm, I, I heard you're a minimalist. I'm glad that you came dressed, wearing, <laughs> wearing actual clothing. Well, when we have guests, you, we like, you know, yes. we keep the loincloths at home. Yes, yeah. you had coffee. I did not have to just drink plain water from a paper cup. So, <laughs> yes, you, you were minimalist, but with just enough maximalism to, to make me happy. Awesome, so. man. It's been great having you. It's funny. Everything that we do now as the minimalists, I mean, everything we do is steeped in irony now. So, so I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed your, your time here, man. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, guys. It's indeed. Love people, use things. We'll see y'all next time. See ya. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Every little thing that you gotta have. Every little thing that you gotta have, you gotta reach for, and you gotta grab. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. So tear your eyes away, or tear.